0: Welcome back to the Being Giant show. I'm one of your hosts, Rochelle. and if you're tuning in for the first time, then this is a podcast for academics by academics. It is officially February, and that means that it is Black History Month, so happy Black History Month to everyone. This month, we'll be featuring guests of African descent who are doing amazing work in their respective fields. On this week's episode, I talked to Michaela Stewart, who is an art director at The Hemp Plug. We talk about her interest in art and how it has evolved throughout the years, Additionally, we talk about the importance of being in tune with one's mental health. This podcast is being presented by B Giants Media. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at B Giants Media for any of our latest updates. As always, we hope that you guys enjoy the episode. Hi, Michaela. How are you?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. How's this week treating you?
1: It's been a long week. I'm glad it's over, but it was very productive. So that's a plus.
0: Okay. We love productivity over here. And I'm happy that you made it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, aren't we all?
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for doing this with me. I'm very excited to talk to you. I think our listeners will really benefit from just hearing your background and some of the things that you're interested in and some of the different things that you've done both in your academic career and also in your career at this point Mm -hmm. so uh so yeah so why don't we go ahead and just get straight into it why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about what you're doing now
1: okay right now i work for a company called the hemp plug i'm basically the art director for a cbd marijuana white labeling company which means we pretty much provide CBD to the community, but in bulk. Um, but with us being a white labeling company, it allows us to provide brands to people who would like to start their own CBD line. So basically, you're able to buy products in bulk as well as build your brand with us in the same token. And we also offer various marketing packages through our marketing department with websites and things of the sort, Shopify shops and things of the sort, if the person's interested. But for the most part, it's basically white labeling, providing brands, and distributing CBD marijuana.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. So, like, you guys make it easy for people who want to be in business, but in the cannabis space.
1: Yes. But the thing is, it's um, th- it's not as in touch as, I mean, I-, I guess you can say as, What's the word? It's not as complex as being involved in the actual medical marijuana company, because CBD is something that can be sold in a local smoke shop. It can be sold on Amazon. It's actually sold inside stores, you know, going as hemp, hemp extract, and CBD goes in the same spectrum. And um, you there are ways that you can, I guess, go over the barrier and get products that aim towards you know more psychoactive um effects but at the same time there's still a limitation to it it doesn't have the same ingredients as a regular marijuana product would have if you walk into your local dispensary you know there's you know lots of regulations and things of that sort that you have to stay in between in order to you know remain legal and keep your business open and things of the sort Mm -hmm.
0: i see i understand okay all right so that's pretty interesting that's pretty interesting um so you mentioned that you're the art director for this company and i know yes. that you've been doing art for a while i know you went to college for it and stuff so why don't you go ahead and tell me a little bit about how you went about developing your art interests in the first place
1: well i never did it now that i really think about it i've never done anything but art when i started in elementary school art was my favorite um was my favorite subject and then at one point I from there I just started to like just go through different phases of art always being involved in it but not necessarily knowing what direction I was going to I just thought one day I was gonna be this awesome fashion designer until I realized I really wasn't good at drawing clothes and things of the sort so that was a joke and um, then I thought I wanted to be a fine artist and it's just like oh you know I ran into you know Learning the difficulties of, you know, basically um, being a, an artist in the in society, especially a fine artist, where you're just painting and doing ceramics and things of the sort. And um, as soon as I got to high school, I started with web design that I just knew I was gonna do to the re- for the rest of my life until I got my certification and realized I didn't want to do it for the rest of my life. And I just, with that, it allowed me to go into graphic design and also motion and learning how to put them together and once I got to art school for Ringling College of Art and Design I applied for computer animation but the program was full Mm -hmm. so I actually got denied from the program due to it being full but they sent me a letter two days later after you know I cried and was like um if you want any other major in this school you can have it you just can't have computer animation because we can only have like 23 people admitted into this program at a time per semester so i was like okay so i started off with motion design and it went really well that was something that i was into you um i was it pretty much taught me that i could do animation but it didn't necessarily have to be just character there's animation that you see within i guess you can say target commercials walmart commercials things of that sort and you can still be needed on the set of a movie as far as with intros and things of that sort and online production. So I learned to deal with motion design through that spectrum. And by my junior year, they introduced a program called Visual Studies, where you basically were able to get a degree, yet you're able to dabble in literally every major in that art institution. So I had already pretty much got all the foundations that I needed for motion design and I was still taking motion design classes, but then now I could dabble into illustration. I could dabble into computer animation, game art, and take certain, you know, classes in those fields, you know, ultimately to help myself become whatever type of artist or to have whatever type of capabilities that I decided that was important to me. And ultimately I graduated in 2018.
0: Mm, okay, shout out. We love that.
1: We love people graduating. Love that. Thank
0: love you. That. So, that's interesting. So, I know. So, in high school, you were doing like web design stuff, and then once you got into art school, you started doing more like animation stuff, more visual study stuff. So, like, where would you say? What would you say that you like more? in the stuff that you studied so I know you you really like web design and it seemed as though you really did enjoy computer animation as well so what kind of artist would you like describe yourself as like you know what's your
1: my by title would be vis would be basically just I'm a visual artist because I don't do one thing I don't specialize in one thing I can do graphic design and provide you a whole brand, but I could also do some animation projects and things of the sort. Um, with web design, it was fun, and I understood that it was needed and always be needed inside our you know society, but there's so many creative caps that you can have to it. You know, it's like if you focus so, the thing is ultimately you were learning in there that the website could be pretty, you know but there's a downside to it being too pretty. Right. You know what I'm saying? So because I'm so much of a creative and it having kind of sort of of a cap like I have 100% of an idea and I can realistically only execute 75% due to, you know, usability issues and things of that sort that can occur with the website, I was like, no, like how could I step into something where Yes, it's still technical and, you know, there's rules to everything. But at the same time, I won't have to have a creative cap on myself as far as what I want this concept to be. It can be anything from left, right, up, down. It just has to be functional versus it has to just always be functional. It can't be as pretty because functionality is the top priority.
0: Right. Okay, I see. So, like, you you pretty much enjoy just having the freedom to create whatever it is that you want to do
1: basically rebel by nature
0: (laughs) (laughs) no that's dope that's dope now you went to art school and stuff and I don't really know much about art school I mean like I just know that like you know there are a lot of creative juices that are flowing around and like things you know being created like every day and stuff so like why don't you go ahead and tell me a little bit about what your experience in our school was just from like being being a freshman and like all throughout yeah all throughout like your career there and stuff all the way until you graduated
1: it was everything that i wanted it to be in a way it was like imagine meeting a hundred thousand I wouldn't even say we had that many people. I was about to say, you get, you, that's not that big. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's not even close to the, re- the average college. But just imagine like probably like 3,000, 4,000 the most. Imagine having, you know, that many copies of yourself walking around. So it, our school was never like built like colleges, how, you know, like liberal arts was the, were the last things on our mind. It's like everything was art classes, and then liberal arts versus how, with most careers, you know, your whole school career is basically a liberal arts class, lecture test, lecture test, lecture test, you know, versus us, where everything was really done on a project ba- basis outside of liberal arts. like liberal art our liberal arts classes understood that there were projects that had to be done in our regular days and sometimes they crossed into each other. And, you know, even in liberal arts classes we found ourselves designing and things of that sort because it was still necessary. It was, you know, liberal arts that, you know, coincided with art in itself. So everything I guess you can say was just a big collaboration all the time. Even if you didn't necessarily you weren't necessarily in the same major because the rules of art still apply with color theory, depth, light, depth light, things of that sort. So, we were constant it's like everything felt like constantly a meeting, even if it was lunch. You know, we were always discussing colors, discussing concepts, discussing projects, things of that sort. You know, meeting with people, going out in social events like imagine going to the movies and everybody's just thinking, oh, we're just having a night out when we're really going to critique, <laughs> like as if you know we're we've been critiquing each other all day. You know, I'm like, imagine going to a party like everybody's under the influence and things of the sort, and still discussing the project that was done earlier.
0: Right, right. So it's kind of like you guys were always kind of like in that process of creating, right? Because creating always. isn't creating. Creating isn't just like creating a product and stuff. It's like It's coming up with the vision, but then it's also coming up with sketches and then it's coming up with demos and then like going back and refining and then like doing that repeatedly up until you get to the final product. But even when you get to the final product, there's still work to be done.
1: Basically, the work was never done. And the good part is with the school, you know, at sometimes we were allowed to go back and revisit products and things of that sort and Mm -hmm. different projects you know, because we have evolved in the semester, you know, you may have learned something about color and blending, you know, two weeks after it was really, really relevant for you two minutes ago, you know, so, yeah, I'm like, evolving was always necessary.
0: Mm -hmm. That's dope, that's dope, like, how, how did you feel about, like, you know, growing up, in a big city and like being in Miami and stuff but then like spending four years in a relatively small city like what was that like for you
1: um to be honest it wasn't much of a shock to me for the simple fact that um my social life really when I was in Miami evolved on weekends because I was always in some type of magnet program or some type of specialty school so all my classes were always relatively small. I'm always in the room or in a building with the same people for eight hours upon time, you know. And then, you know, a lot of the times when it was time for me to, you know, explore and things of that stuff, it would be the weekend. And school was wrapped up the same way. You know, our classes were three hours to some, and sometimes six hours at a time. And then you would turn around and it's time for you to do homework. But you're not going to do homework by yourself because the best thing for you to do as far as to be able to evolve as an artist is to constantly have people, you know, giving you their input from, you know, from a third eye because a third eye is what's going to give you the grade anyway. So I would pretty much just, it was okay for me except on the weekend and those weekends I used to travel to Miami and (laughs) um, I was also only an hour away from Tampa. So we would just drive to Tampa and we were two hours away from Orlando as well. So, you know, there were still outlets to where I could, you know, stay in touch with the city girl in me and, you know, still, you know, adapt to the small towns.
0: I see. I see. So like, pretty much like going to like Ringland was a relatively easy choice for you because one, you know, you, you had your, you know, your interest in art, but then at the same time, like the environment is something that you were accustomed to
1: yeah i didn't have that was my first plan like and my last plan (laughs) um i didn't really have a backed up plan at all like my mom just like what if you don't get accepted to this school that was actually a thing between me and my mom she was like what if you don't get accepted to the school and i'm looking at her like that's not an option for me right (laughs) and then she's like you know exactly she's like well what if it's not and i'm like i hear you but it's not an option
0: like no there isn't there is no there is no what if like it, it's exactly just, it, like it's just i'm a, going
1: like... and yes, <laughs> there was like literally no backup plan everybody me like oh where if you would have went i didn't even think that far wasn't trying to think that far i looked into other you know programs and things of the sort but when it came to big institutions like if i went to a ucf a famu A usf i don't think i probably would have made it socially Mm -hmm.
0: i see i see okay okay cool now like you know when when you are in the graphic design space and stuff like i know that a lot of people like to do like freelance work and stuff so was freelance work something that you were doing while you were in undergrad
1: Yes, I was freelancing from the second they told me you can make money by freelancing. <laughs> um, I was freelancing even in high school at the time. Um, I was doing logos and things of the sort. Now I actually had an old client of mine from like over three years ago. They still had my stuff. May I think over four. It was either no, it was over four years ago actually. I, I, yeah. More than that actually, if we're talking about high school to be honest and they brought it back and they were like um could you redo this for me and i'm just like i'm even surprised that you still have this like <laughs> you should have thrown this in the garbage like... and they're like oh no i like still like it and i'm like i'm so glad that you had this this pride in myself <laughs> because mm-hmm. um i wouldn't have kept that i'm the artist and right. i wouldn't have kept that but yeah freelancing it was always something that i could do you know to keep me afloat because it took me 2 years to find a job after graduation and i did go and obtain jobs outside of my field but i wouldn't stay there longer than a week or two mm okay
0: and that's only because like you had you had the whole freelance thing or really still do have the whole freelance thing going for you where like you know you can find like clients here and there who needs a logo because you know most people still need logo
1: yeah i'm like the need for branding will always be here as long as people are opening businesses and now we're in this we're in the year of the entrepreneur and it's not going to stop anytime soon as far as people wanting to open up businesses and things of the sort you know you still have people that are still watching from the sidelines trying to just understand the process and want and just wanting to go about it correctly so the need for that is always needed but it was just the fact that i always i pretty much stood on this career from the beginning um i told myself i'm like why am i going to the mall and getting paid 850 or you know no more than 925 you know slaving over boxes clothes knickknacks because i worked at spencer's that was a joke that was cool um (laughs) (laughs) and i worked at journeys i worked at a couple places and I never would stay there longer than probably like a month the most. Mm-hmm. Simply because I just felt like I'm like, this is not my career. I really went to school for this for four years. I really enjoyed this for four years. I really never dreamed of doing anything else. Never, no, A part of me has never thought about changing my mind up until this day. No matter how frustrated I get with a client, no matter if everything crashes around me, I've never thought of having a career change. So being there was just, you know, right. pointless to me.
0: Right. It's like, well, you know, you you this is this is what you wanted to do. So it's like, you know, this thing had to it had to work out, you know, one way or the other. Yeah. Okay. Now, as you as you were going through school and stuff like that and you were doing this like freelancing like you were doing the freelancing work and stuff, like was it overwhelming for you because like you were both like, you know, creating stuff for school and also creating stuff for like, you know, full on clients. Now, you and I, we went to high school together and like we had that whole art experience. And I know I used to get very overwhelmed when like whenever I would have like a deadline, you know, homework is doing something like, oh, my goodness, I need to like finish this and stuff like that. So how were you able to balance that?
1: Um, Scheduling. I really had to learn to, you know, sometimes it's okay to just say, no, you don't have the time. And, you know, you have some clients that they just know what they want a couple months in advance or a month in advance or a couple of weeks in advance to the point where you can stretch it out, you know, far enough. But I, I was always monitoring my my workflow because I also, I was working while I was in school. I worked on campus on the cafe that's constantly open all the time. So in my mind, I'm like, okay. I'm always I'm thinking about my schedule. I'm thinking about, okay, Michaela, at what time are you gonna get home? You know, what do you actually have to get done right now? And it allowed me to not procrastinate as much because it's like, you know, I still outside of school, I still felt like I needed to have a brand of my own and make a name of my own because I didn't know when I graduated if I was going to go work for a major company or if, you know, I was just going to freelance forever because there's people that were professors at our school that were like, hey, you know, I never committed to a job. Every job that I had, even if they were on major projects for Disney or any other, you know, major company and things of the sort, it was always on a freelance basis. They never fully committed to a job and sat there and be like, I went to this job and clocked in from nine to five. So I always wanted to keep myself in a position to where I'm constantly branding myself and marketing myself because at the end of the day, like I was going to, you know, graduate. And even if I was, I was going to have to work for somebody, I would have to sell myself to this person. Like, Hey, you know, I have this capability, I'm able to do this, this and that, but knowing when to say no was a good thing as well. You know, if you're busy, you're Mm -hmm. busy.
0: Right. Right. You know, it's like you that's how you set up yourself for success, you know. You can't just like, you can't, you can't take on more than you can, more than you can chew, you know. Because then, like, you kind of put yourself in this situation where you kind of have like this decision making paralysis because you have so much to do in the moment.
1: Yeah, I actually, um, I actually was at a point like that that also that ultimately led to things kind of crashing and burning a little bit to the point where I was forced to stop things um for the simple fact that um people need to understand that you can have underlying conditions and things of that sort and you might not even know you have them until they're onset by stress by stress because i have actually hypothyroidism and i did not know until i was in hyper overdrive with everything to the point where I was always you know running a mile a minute, probably not sleeping as much to the point where I had time, like I didn't even feel that I had a condition as far as the thing you know certain things were just normal to me until I got put into a point where my body was literally shutting down, my hair was falling out, you know my skin was drying out, and things of the sort to the point where it was flaky, things that I've never seen before, my weight loss was dramatic and you know i was living a normal life and it was just for the simple fact that i was just overextending myself to the point where my body wasn't resting enough to know like hey this is the time to stop Mm -hmm. so i was forced to stop
0: right right you know there are a lot of people who who will go through academia and stuff especially at like the graduate level too where they're saying that like because they were under so much stress and pressure that like they would develop like physical problems. Like some people would develop like breathing issues and stuff because they would get so anxious.
1: Right. And high blood pressure and all types of stuff. I'm like I've known I know a lot of people right now in art school that, you know, we really that was we had support groups and things that we had to talk to our staff and things about and it actually led to some things that were changed within the school because I mean, typically, artists tend to be sometimes on a certain spectrum, right. you know, I'm like, I can honestly say that I'm when I got to college was the first time where I've seen people with multiple people with emotional support, dogs, or they really could not live with other people, you know, due to, you know, whatever mental situation they had on or, you know, just the way that they were built because they you know they're going under such high amounts of stress and when it's time when it's time for them to deal with them they tend it's better for them to deal with it by themselves versus you know dealing with people you know they had to control their environment and things of the sort and it was like wow you know you're here and you're actually doing something you love all the time but at the same time it's like it was like it was killing some people you know I watched some people like the pressure of school was serious like if they didn't make it here they could it just that just wasn't an option you know you had people their mental health really took a toll on them they had to drop out there were some people that were graduating before me that graduated with me because they had to take a two-year hiatus you know just to breathe and get away from the pressure of you know just being successful and things of the sort and coming back and it's like mental health is a very important thing. It's not, it's not something that's discussed enough in general. Um, I feel like people need to understand, you know, the ins and outs of it. Um, I honestly didn't know anxiety was, anxiety was a thing until I got to college. I mean, I've heard it, but as far as knowing what it meant and also understanding how it played a part in my life, things that I thought that was normal or you know maybe I'm just in the mood or I'm having a moment and it's like no you you notice you're having a full-blown anxiety attack today
0: right right you know like conversations regarding mental health is just something that has been lacking in the black community so it's like it's crazy what you become aware of when you do start venturing out into the world and like you're trying to figure out like you know why is it that like you're exhibiting certain kinds of behavior or why your body's experiencing like certain kind of like physical changes and stuff and then it's while you're going through these things you're like confused and you're trying to figure out answers and stuff is then no. that's when you you know you start to it starts to get like really destructive to the point where you can't even focus on your own work so you got to take a step back to even understand what's going on with you and exactly. that's something that can be extremely frustrating because. Especially when, like you know, you're growing up, and you've never experienced feeling like that before,
1: right? Mm-hmm.
0: That's, crazy. Mm-hmm. that's
1: crazy. When I went to school, um, the percentage of Black people was actually 12. percent mm, Girl, that's we broad. were like that was the lowest AUSC, <laughs> percentage. But well, you know what's crazy? Those numbers were fabricated. Don't let me lie to you, because I knew every Black person on campus. I made every I met every Black person on campus, staff included. And I and due to me working at the cafe, I probably made their coffee or their sandwich and I can tell you how they like it. So that twelve percent wasn't even as accurate. So you was in the coffee shop just
0: like well looking like, hmm, you're doing this calculation, like one, two, three, like exactly. mm, this twelve percent, not
1: Exactly. You're <laughs> seeing new people every day. And you're, you know, I also sometimes I work morning shifts and sometimes I work night shifts. So that allowed me to see people that are in the building at all times of the day. And I, I'm in most of my class experiences, there would be no more than two black people in a room at a time in these classes. And I'm one of the black people. You know, the most that would be in one class at one time is four black people. And that would be a lecture class, a liberal art class. But as far as right. the studio, it would be no more than two Black people in the room at one time, all the time, within my four years that went there. And I know there's no type of discrimination or anything behind it, but as population-wise, the 12% was not accurate at all. But through me going to basically a predominantly Caucasian and Asian school, that actually the Asians were the majority at our school. Like, Caucasian was- a con- Excuse me?
0: No, I said, I know what that feels like in terms of, like, well, in in the sense of, like, you know, going to a school where, like, the Asian population is bigger than that of the the Black population.
1: Yes, and then after that, it was international students, which was crazy. So, Mm. going and being in a situation like that, I was able to have certain type of conversations with people and, you know, having different perspectives with people who live different lives, and them looking at you and telling you, hey, like, you ever thought you had anxiety? like, you know, like, hey, you know, that thing, that's not normal. It's not okay for you to feel like that. It's not okay for someone to say that to you. And then, like, it led me to getting a therapist. I don't think that's something that I would have done if I did not go to college. I did get a therapist. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And how do you feel like that experience have like helped you with like your professional career today?
1: I feel like it allowed me to learn balance. If you have never had a therapist, I suggest you get one. You don't necessarily have to feel like trauma. You have to have this huge traumatic childhood to need a therapist. Sometimes you need a therapist just to hear your own thoughts, you know, because anxiety is something that can cause you to doubt yourself or, you know, perceive things in a manner that is not necessarily accurate or true. So having a medical pro- a medical professional in front of you letting you know, hey, these feelings are normal. You know, hey, you're over- you're stressed. And you're like, nah, I'm not stressed." And you know, someone's looking at you like, "Hey, you're doing too much. You're stressed. You don't even know you're stressed. Somebody has to look at you and tell you that you're stressed." It should let you right. know, you know, that for your professional career, like the stresses of life don't start, don't stop. You're constantly evolving. Right. You're paying bills. You're indifferent. You're constantly getting older. So there's more responsibilities. Now you're paying bills. You get what I'm saying? More than you were in college. Right. Now you're paying off debt. Now you might be in a relationship. Now you might be married. Now you might have kids. You might have a family. Right. All those things tie into your life. um You have people sometimes they lost parents and things of that sort. It's just like all the. All that life has to offer is always being thrown at you, so being able to find balance within that in your professional life is more than important because if you don't feel okay, nine times out of ten, you're not gonna feel okay at work,
0: right, so then like that's not gonna allow you to be effective and stuff
1: exactly
0: right, so it's kind of like it's kind of like you know exploring like therapy and stuff is kind of like. I would say, like, holding, not holding, but, like, it's like having an internal mirror, like having a mirror for your internal self.
1: Right. hmm okay. okay. You know, it allows you to understand things that you may have not understood before. You know, when you look at something, it's just one perspective. I can honestly say that I'm glad for the support system I've had from you and Kayla as a friend of us meeting as a group for the simple fact that sometimes i'm looking because i'm just so overwhelmed with life or you know i've only experienced things from one type of direction it's always good to speak to people to be like hey am i tripping about this or am i attacking this wrong or even if i'm not attacking this wrong i don't feel like it's effective how can i make it more effective because i'm at you know my wits end trying to figure this out
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with you 100%. And I think that um you know it it was extremely crucial for us to to have each other because we like started talking more like after we graduate cuz all of us we graduated in 2018. And oh. like at least like when you're when you're a college student and stuff and you're on a college campus, you have all these resources that are made available to you, but once you graduate, things are a little bit different. Now it becomes even more important for you to find a support system that one allows you to express feelings, you know, regarding yourself, like regarding your emotions and stuff. But then like that allows you to express like, you know, whatever frustrations that you may have regarding some of the things that you're trying to accomplish.
1: Right. Just knowing you're not alone is the best thing in the world. It allows you to push forward a lot. More effectively than you probably would. Just being able to say, "Hey, like, is this normal for you? I don't feel like it's normal. I don't feel like I feel like I could be farther. I feel like I be I could be doing better." And it's just like somebody look at you like, "Hey, bro, like, I haven't even done that yet. What do you mean? (laughs) Like, you're really you're moving a lot faster than you probably should be. You know, just take a moment and you know ground yourself. And also, you know." what may work for me may not work for you but you know and vice versa but at the same time what's not working for me could work for you and what's not working for you could work for me so you know now we swap ideas and both of us in our better place
0: right 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 and and that's why it's extremely important to you know find individuals who you can have like these conversations with who you can confide in and stuff
1: exactly support is everything and yeah having someone to hold you accountable sometimes is a good thing because it's easy to get out of touch with life so even if you know somebody's just reminding you hey did you remember to breathe today you said you were going to write down your goals today did you do that you know and sometimes that's just needed someone to keep you grounded and in the same you know on the same path so that you can continue to evolve you know you never know what can happen from you just having a conversation with somebody or what information right. someone can give um, or who this person might know as far as I could need something and I never knew that, you know, Rochelle, you knew this person. So it's like, oh, wow, you know, now I don't have to look any further for what I've been struggling to find all because, you know, I decided to open up and just ask a question.
0: Right, right. I agree with you 100%. Now speaking of um like after we like graduated like you know graduating after 2018 and stuff like as you were coming mm-hmm. out of undergrad like what were you thinking about like what like do you know in terms of like the direction that you wanted to take your artistic career
1: I wanted to go into the entertainment industry I was actually in Georgia and turner broadcasting is out there and i just knew i was gonna work for them or coca-cola somebody and there's a lot of you know different entertainment agencies and things that are sort tyler perry studios all of that so i at some point just knew that i was going to be a part of that but you know i hit a I hit a i guess you can say a roadblock in a way for something that wasn't necessarily even really you know my fault but it did i did take it to heart because i didn't really have a big thing was experience even if you know you got out of college they were still they still were expecting you to have internships and things of the sort and it's just like wow i kind of wish i would have got an internship that's you know normally unpaid you know typically when i'm somebody who needs to work all the time and in georgia you know it's just not it wasn't like miami i was actually in georgia for six months it's not like in miami where you know a job is 15 minutes up the street or 20 minutes up the street and back you know these companies you're driving an hour you're commuting 45 minutes minimum to an hour maybe more i've driven maybe sometimes two hours for a job interview praying for the best you know for the simple fact that you know that's just how georgia is you know structurally sound structurally grounded as far as you know nothing's really in close proximity outside of you know certain small towns so not having a paid internship was not a thing because it's just like okay how am i gonna get there you know i was blessed to live with parents that didn't you know require me to pay rent but it's just like now you're not gonna pay rent and you don't have gas to put in your car at least to maintenance your car and keep yourself up you can't go to the job looking like any type of way now uh. and it was it was a lot but you know eventually i came back down to miami and i figured it out you know i was blessed to the company that i'm with now that i'm actually an art director at that i thought that some, that would be something that i would have to work years upon years to get to I accomplished that in only a year of being there. And, you know, it just taught me, you know, you never know what's on the end of the tunnel. Everything can be crashing and burning around you. But the other side is right there. If you just, you know, don't lose sight of that, continue to push forward.
0: Right, right. Nah, like, first of all, shout out to you for being able to figure things out and like, you know, being able to kind of just like, not one not only endure but then like really just trying to stick with it and just trying to make things work as best as you can you,
1: thank you thank you two. still working on it
0: <laughs> and it always is like it's an ongoing process it ain't never gonna stop right
1: oh uh, no never don't even don't let them lie to you never
0: <laughs> and two like companies need to realize that like unpaid internships is is criminal a joke no, it's, it's not even a criminal, it's, yeah, it's a it's, joke. It's, it should be it's illegal.
1: It's a joke first, a crime second, but let's just not even put it first and second, let's just put it in the same hand, they're beating you and you're broke, baby, basically.
0: Like, yo, like, it, imagine, like, you know, like, what, I'm, like, what, you, you don't expect me to eat, like, I, I don't to yeah, what you like, just expect no, me to just come no, to the no. office I'm and the just, office like, like, be okay? You're gonna
1: slave for a line on your resume. And we're gonna pray that it helps you. Because it doesn't mean we well, still gonna get this work though. Exactly. Because it doesn't it doesn't mean that it's gonna help you. Because mm-hmm. as an employer, if I don't deem your job or the company that you worked with as credible, mm-hmm. that internship paid, unpaid, no matter what you sacrificed or put into it. No matter how nice the graphics came out, if I don't think it qualifies, it doesn't qualify.
0: Right. Man, that's crazy. Now, being that, like, you know, you are an art director now, where you are, and, like, you know, your vision at the time coming out of undergrad to, like, you know, be in the entertainment industry and stuff, like, what do you see... Like you know, in what direction do you could you see like you taking your career and stuff at this point?
1: I mean, I'm point. still open to the the entertainment industry. I just now have some type of experience underneath my belt for them to you know feel like I'm qualified to even be able to step in the building to speak, so I'm thankful for that um I didn't even i I didn't even imagine being here. I didn't when i applied to this job i just applied i didn't really i heard the name of the comp. they didn't even have the natural name of or, of the company on the application they were under like i guess with with certain businesses you're able to have dbas and stuff they didn't provide right. the dba They pro- they provided their main company so when i came in i didn't even know that i was applying to a CBD marijuana company until i got there but i always had an interest in it for the simple fact that looking at packaging and things of the sort i knew that marijuana could be a good stepping stone for me for you know making packaging for companies inside dispensaries and things of the sort it wouldn't be the dispensary directly you know but the different brands and things of the sort that are provided in these dispensaries, I can be a part of it, so it was a shock to me to even be called for the job
0: right, right, and like you you know, like you mentioned earlier in the conversation and stuff when you were saying that like you know we are in the age of entrepreneurship and stuff, and like you know branding is something that's always gonna be needed, given that like you know the 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 marijuana industry is really well on its way to like you know surging and stuff and like so many di- different people are building businesses around that it is a great space to be in because like you know there are opportunities there right
1: right um I do have some people within those um my clientele that if I were to quit my job today they would ask me to ask me to freelance with them um i have you know certain brands there that i'm the only person that touches their work from front to back whether they change their products in today or tomorrow or they add a new line or maybe they trash this whole name and created a new one i've been a part of that whole process and yeah like branding is something that will always be needed especially even as a freelancer i still that's mainly what my income is creating brands like if I had to think of what out of a hundred percent of my work, I can honestly say a solid 80% is branding mm, and wow. logos for that matter. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Okay, cool. Now, like I meant to ask you earlier, like as we were talking about like your experience doing the freelance work and stuff, like how have you gone about finding your clients and stuff? Like how has, what has that experience been like for you?
1: Instagram. Mm,
0: okay, sliding in DMs.
1: Yes, Instagram and Facebook. Um, I can honestly say that social media has propelled me in the direction that I needed to be to survive as a freelance artist. All of my clientele have came from... Either social media or per, you know just personal relationships that I have with people, and when people are referring me, nine times out of ten they're asking me, "Hey, what's your Instagram?" So that somebody can you know they can refer somebody to my work. And to be honest, my Instagram is more updated than my actual portfolio. It's like so sad. <laughs> I'm like. But, you know, my Instagram is up to date as far as, you know, my growth as an artist and everything of the sort. And that's pretty much how things go. A lot of my clients come from referrals. They saw somebody else's stuff and was like, can you do this for me? And I say yes. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 So right now we are a well-oiled machine. Like you seem not only are you getting the experience, right, by working at the company that you're at but you're still getting the opportunity to still, like, explore different types of contexts. Well, co- well, oh, my goodness, I can't English right now. Like, you're still getting the opportunity to to explore different kind of concepts
1: visually. Right. Okay. Right. Um, honestly, I wish that freelancing was taken more seriously within the job like when applying for a job mm. I because mean shouldn't it
0: though like in, terms of like in terms of like work experience
1: and credibility yes because in their, in their mind they think that oh you know you have a problem with commitment because you're not sitting at a desk from 9 to 5 Monday through Friday and it's like okay some jobs and some people don't need a graphic designer for the rest of the year or for the next six years they only need it for a month. They only need a project done right now, or this is a year project or a month project or a six month project is not needed. And it also allows you to stay on your toes, you know, and learn different things and allows you to sit next to different people. Um, I'm starting to understand UX design to a certain extent due to me sitting with our marketing department, things of the sort, when typically I graphic design and brand all day. Now I have to work right. with them to understand social media management and things of the sort like that. And I'm learning a new skill. So I don't feel like, you know, freelancing should be looked down upon. It's something that should also just that should really be commendable as far as looking at somebody and be able to say, Hey, like you're able to jump from this company to this company, to this um industry, to that industry, and you're able to adapt adaptability is everything.
0: Right. Okay, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. That's really interesting to me though, like that that has been your experience because like me not me not being in that space, I guess like my expectations would be that like you know, if you are like you know doing these projects and stuff and like you've built a nice portfolio of yourself, you know, for yourself, of your work and stuff, like you should be able to like use that and be like, hey, in addition to the experience on my resume, Here's like the other stuff that I've done and you know this is like quality work, very long involved work that requires me to one understand like a person's like a person's vision and then like working with them to the point where you can execute that vision and stuff
1: um honestly, I've come to learn that it just comes with um because of our change in time um we're in a very different space in society right now, where there's a lot of resources and things of the sort that can allow you to portray yourself as something that you're not. And I can say that simply because of my own experiences, especially with working. Um, when working at this job, I have, you know, hired and fired people, unfortunately, <laughs> by now and through the interview process i've had the pro you know the opportunity of meeting people who claim to have sometimes 13 plus years of experience mm. but can't do basic things oh, like i had a lady like she's twice my age she took a design test and the and the girl who just got out of college who hadn't even she was graduating matter of fact she didn't she didn't even graduate from college. She was graduating in a month. Mm-hmm. Ran circles around it. I see, I see. And this is someone with 20 quote unquote years of experience. I had somebody, their portfolio was beautiful. And I'm like, man, I'm so in, I, I love this style. But I kept looking at it. I'm like, yo, it's. I love this style. This style, this aesthetic, it's so, beautiful and i'm looking at it and i'm just like okay like i'm wondering why i'm so attracted to it and i'm like hey some of her work like i've noticed her work came from templates Mm. because at some point you know as a graphic designer with everything else like just like in science you know there's formulas to help you to you know run along you know If you're in the makeup industry, there's other formulations that you can build off of and research that you can do to make things better and things of that sort. And with graphic design, you know, all, we were taught in school that all all art is stolen. Everything that you see right now has been done before, except an artist took a different perspective on it and added their style. And now it's something completely different than what it was before. But the concept still remains the same like you know when you learn art and there's cubism and pointillism and things and stuff those two things don't stop being those two things ever right how it's applied and how it's used that's up to the artist so it's like you know it would make you would think that hey my portfolio should be enough to have my you know show credibility but you could really just be good at copying things
0: mm. wow i guess i well clearly i didn't think about it like that that's crazy
1: i didn't either (laughs) but this is after i cried for almost two years trying to get a job trying to understand like you know why is it so hard for them to understand you know honestly it just comes down to you know you're always men you always end up where you you're supposed to be and there will be somebody who will see your art and they will see something that no one else sees, and they will give you the opportunity. Now I can honestly say that was a blessing with my job. I got my job on the spot. I could have cried in the parking lot after I had just went to six interviews that week and been told no, and then I was offered a job the same day I, I, got, I was offered two jobs actually that day. Um, I was making 16 at one job and then making less at another at the current job I was at. But then Uh I stayed there for a while and I ended up getting the pay that I wanted that the other job offered. But if I would have took the other job, I would have been commuting to Doral. And if anybody knows about Miami, driving to Doral is no haps.
0: (laughs) That 826 ain't no joke.
1: listen, no haps. (laughs) If you got somewhere to be, you do not need to be on 826, mark her words. (laughs)
0: oh bad, oh bad. but you know i'm so happy that you are in this place right now where you're at in life because it seems like you are in a place where you can essentially pivot to whatever direction that you you want to go in
1: yeah i mean to tell you the truth is like sometimes you just gotta hold on I never would have thought in a million years that I would have been here. As far as like me, like I said, I achieved being an art director within a year at being in a job, and I didn't ask for this position. My boss gave it to me and told me I was gonna do it. It wasn't a discussion. It wasn't a oh, will you accept this job? We're gonna give you a pay raise. gonna do da da da. It was none of that sweet stuff. He literally looked at me and said, "You can do it. I know you can do it." You start today. Oof. Here's the phone. Good luck.
0: Yeah, this is like, hey, sometimes you just, it's like, it's it's like the, you know, I was having this conversation the other day where I was, you know, I was, me and this person, we were talking we were like, you know, sometimes you'll sit there and, like, you'll plan, you'll plan and you'll try to, like, you know, build yourself up up until you you think you get to this like you know perfect thing but the reality of it is that like sometimes you just got to take whatever it is that you have and just like run with it and just roll with the punches because it doesn't matter whatever it is whatever it is that you view as perfect or like you know whatever experience you think you might need at the end of the day as you're trying stuff out like that idea that you have in your mind is gonna change
1: having a plan is the best and the worst thing at the same time because it's necessary because you can't you can but you really shouldn't go through life without a plan at some shape or form right because then you're just going forward with no direction but in the same breath it's like having a plan sometimes allows you to create unrealistic expectations for yourself
0: Mm, mm -hmm. like creating like 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 having extraordinary demands of yourself right that like you can't even
1: you can't you're you can't this it's it's probably not even just it's just not for you to fulfill i'm like right now like just even it's it's it goes beyond your professional life anyway as well too it's it's a part of it is actually you know, within our personal lives, like we're at a very pivotal age right now. We're like twenty-five, twenty-six. Right now, we're supposed to be on the road to having a family. And right now, people like I'm like some people are just struggling on the spouse part. The spouse part. Like, wow. oh, like I just want to find somebody who likes me for real. And you guys are talking about, hey, you're supposed to be ideally children would be nice within the next three years and you're like whoa you know like hold on hold on hold on hold on like (laughs) i haven't even got the promotion at my job yet you know what is this kid is what is this kid gonna eat like i really live at my mom's house (laughs) uh, you know and my spouse they live at my their mom's house or their grandma's house or whoever because you know ideally it's just not smart to go pay $1200 rent for a bathroom <laughs> right now. So, you know, it's just like it's okay to to plan and strive for something better, but at some point you have to be realistic and not you know beat yourself up for not getting there because sometimes what you need is not necessarily what you need. You might feel like I'm supposed to be at this job with these type of people and things of the sort and it's just like, hey, like, what if you go work this job for the next two years? You find out hey, if I would have really woulda went and worked those jobs for the next two years, it wouldn't have done anything for me to propel for. It would have just been another job.
0: Right, right, right. Well true words have never been spoken. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we gonna leave it at that. This has been so much fun for me, Michaela. Thank you so much for this.
1: It's always fun.